So let's talk about the revenue and then why people should go to you to learn how to make this revenue. Sure. Yeah. We last month we did $344,000 in total revenue. Welcome to the Action Academy Podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Choose to do what you want. What you want. With who you want. With who you want. When you want. When you want. With another episode today. Now, here's your host, Brian Lubin. Paul Xavier. And what's been going on with you? How you doing? I'm great. Yeah, I've been, been busy, but in a great way. I took pretty much a little more than half the month off last month. And we had a fantastic month in terms of growth and success at contentcreator.com, which is my primary business. And then uh, we have a lot of real estate opportunities that we're investing in right now. That always gets me excited. I love that side of things. It's cool when you can have vacations and then come home from them and things are better than when you left. And there's like these cool opportunities that you are learning as you're growing to jump into. So that just makes me happy. Dude, that's the freaking dream. And that's what everyone works towards. How was unplugging for a little bit? Because right now I'm doing that full time. Like I'm traveling as I'm doing the show and as I'm creating my content, creating my media company here. And it's very difficult because I have a lot of free time. Like Mm -hmm. an insane amount of free time now because I run my own schedule. And I can dictate what I want. And I've got a lot automated now. And it's very difficult whenever you have free time as an entrepreneur to not try to fill it with something. I'm curious yeah, about that's... what you've been doing with that. I'm an all on or all off kind of guy. So I don't mm. struggle too much with the all off because I'm all off in those moments. I think where a lot of people struggle is that capability to do something and then completely shut off because you're going to have remnants of that thing that you were working on as you're now trying to do nothing. And I think that's like the, at least from when I used to travel the world a lot and work with all my media company, that's what I noticed. And so the way that I have reshaped my life is I'd rather be all on for a day, all off for a day. And Mm. I like what I do so much that I I go all on most of the time because that's my passion. But when I take two weeks off or something like that, there's no phone calls, there's no emails, there's no texts on work, there's nothing. So you cycle. So you went and traveled around the world too and did all this? Yeah, I did that maybe seven years ago, six years ago. So you just did one on, one off over and over again? I've learned that over the years as far as what works best for my personality type. I'm not very good at, and my wife will is a great example of like, she's the one who I think noticed this more than I did. Cause sometimes you need that person who knows you really well to tell you, Hey, like, I think you're setting yourself up for failure here is if I wake up, I have my off moment in the morning where I'm going to wake up, I'm going to do my workouts, I'm going to do my meditations. I'm going to spend time kind of like intrinsically looking at myself and enjoying that part of the day where before work takes place. And then whatever I choose to do after that, if I'm going into work, if I try to work and then get back to this point of I'm not focusing on work anymore, I'm going to do, do something else and just hang out and relax. I've, I'm too far gone. Like, All I want to talk to with my wife about is work. All I want to talk about is this opportunity. All I want to 
like my friends that I hang out with, I want them to be work friends. Whereas if it's an all off day after those meditations and that workout and that morning routine, it's more, okay, today we're going on a hike. Today we're yeah, going let's go with the flow. We're going to play games. We're going to take the dog out. We're going to do more things that are less work focused. And then my mind naturally subconsciously goes into different places. And so I'm more of like at peace on those days. And then that's what allows for the higher level, like visionary work to come through is whenever your mind's ramped down, it's not stimulated. I think it depends. Like for me, I definitely do more better, like extremely better visionary and integrator related thoughts when I do my focused work that is on those topics. I don't, I'm not in the weeds busy. Some days of the week, I'll spend at least a full day thinking about why I'm doing things the way I'm doing, why our company is structured the way it's structured, and how can I reallocate or restructure things and what can I kill to give energy to something that deserves it more than what I have been doing. That's a super interesting quote. What do I have to kill to give energy to something else? Say more on that. Just think about it through the lens of you only have 100% of your energy, right? Sure. And if you're to start, everybody has 24 hours in the day. And if you're trying to get somewhere right now, there's infinite number of ways to design strategies, tactics, teams, businesses to get you to that point of whether it's financial freedom or perhaps it is working alongside. For me, a lot of my biggest passions are working alongside people I love. So like deep, meaningful relationships with people I really... If I don't have that in my life, I'm completely empty. And I've noticed that as I've built businesses by myself to businesses with my closest friends or people who become my closest friends through work. And so depending on whatever your goal is, it's really important to like spend some time, not just in the weeds, but it's the sharpening the saw exercise, right? Spend time focusing on why are you doing things the way that you're doing them? Should you be really executing this strategy or could there perhaps be something that will get you there faster, better, more efficiently? And if there is, then kill that thing that you are doing that's distracting you from the strategy that will get you there faster or better. I love that you're saying that because as I'm doing this, I'm documenting everything. So I'm doing a lot of journaling as I'm traveling and I'm putting everything down. And what this applies to people listening too. So this isn't just if you're traveling around the freaking world, this is everyone's business and everyone's life because we have a work life and we have a home life and it's not really a balance. It's more of a balancing act. So this is all stuff that people can apply and use in that. So let's take a segue here and talk about your background and your media company, because I know a bit about it, but I'd really like to know how you came up in this space and in this world. And then we can dive into the nuts and bolts of it, because this is something that I am definitely swinging for. And it is super interesting to me. Sure. Yeah. To go this quick version of the story from a business standpoint of my life is my first real opportunity in business was not as an entrepreneur. It was as a W-2 worker for a government contracting firm, helping out behind the scenes of my best friend's father who gave me this job working as a software engineer and a recruiter at a government contracting firm that he we built up together over a four-year period and then he sold. And I got to see the insides of that business. I got to work alongside that CEO, watch him hire uh, however many people it was. I think it was in the 20s or something like that and then sell at a multiple million dollar exit. 
point. And I was like, as a kid who comes from a, my mother is a hippie with no financial knowledge and my father is a mailman. So, and there was, we're lower middle class, very little financial knowledge in my family whatsoever, even to my extended family cousins and so on. Seeing that taught me that a lot of very important lessons, like how businesses run. And then the best thing that happened was that particular person, my best friend's father told me to quit and go build my own business because he said that I'm smart enough. And if I don't, I'm probably not going to be that passionate in my life. And that was a bigger cost to me than just, Hey, giving up the the nice nine to five money. So what age was that? I was right before I turned, I want to say 21 is that range. And this guy's in your ear, like classic rich dad, poor dad style saying, Hey man, you need to quit this job and you need to go do your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. So very much was like a rich dad, poor dad, because I saw my family and knew that was not what I wanted. You know what you don't want because it's what all that. And then you get exposed to something that's an outlier there that almost doesn't seem real. It's like, why? How is this possible? It made it very compelling, very drawing to be like, I'm going to listen to this very weird advice that no one else is paying attention to and take this different route. And from there, I basically became a freelancer. And most people who become freelancers fail on their face really hard over and over again. And that kind of happened to me for probably a year and a half. I just flopped around doing videos for people, shooting them as a freelancer, creating websites, running some ads for people. And I found this niche of basically creating a website, doing some videos for them, and then running ads for them on Facebook and YouTube. That created a couple of things for me. An upfront payment, which was great for a new client, as well as recurring monthly revenue. And when you're trying to replace an income, recurring monthly revenue is huge, especially if you're a service provider, because you can make a lot of money and not necessarily have it be tied to how much time you are working if you're leveraging technology. So for me, the technology I was leveraging to make recurring revenue was websites, because you basically upkeep, you change a website page here and there, but you get paid a fee whether you do anything or nothing. Fantastic. Exactly. Ads, the same thing. I would run Facebook and YouTube ads and you get paid a monthly subscription, even if it takes you an hour a month to run the ads or if it takes you 20 hours a month. So depending on the client, the amount of spend you're dealing with and how much effort you're putting into it, I was able to get this kind of non-attached relationship between what I was selling and bringing in every month and how much time I was putting into it. And that was the first kind of like creation of uh, time freedom Um, associated with money that I was dealing with. Did that for a while. Then I got into teaching. So my friends from film school who I was hiring to shoot a lot of the videos for me, they kept asking me, how are you getting paid this? Why do you keep hiring me? What the heck is going on? And essentially... They cut me in. (laughs) Well, I was already. I was paying them to do the video. But then they saw how much money I was making on the back end, like every single month from these things. And my first client as a coach was just a friend of mine in film school. He went on to be successful and then multiple other people started asking questions. That's the first thing to notice if you're trying to get into online education, which is what I do mostly now, is do you have people asking you, how are you doing what you're doing? Because if you do, there's probably a demand outside of the people who already know and trust you asking those questions who want to have you package something and give it to them to streamline them getting to that same point. Um, So... That's basically what happened right there is I started teaching, got into masterminds, coaching courses. And today I run a website called contentcreator.com. We teach people filmmaking skills. We teach people how to build businesses as content creators and filmmakers. And we'll do, you know, we're a multi-million dollar a year business on that front. 
super high profit margins. And uh, we use that to invest in real estate and just create more leveraged income, leveraged passive, essentially opportunities for ourselves. And this is why you join GoBundance people. This is why you join GoBundance. Because for me, like I've been around for about two years and then it's always like that one person or like the, those two people that are doing that exact thing that you want to do. And you're it, dude. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. Like to the is be able to become an income generating machine through this entire ecosystem and then be able to dump all of that into cash flowing real estate. Because, and I don't know if you went through this pivot, but for me, I used to be like, I've got real estate. And so I used to be like, oh, I'm a real estate investor that also does media. But then there was a pivot at some point in my identity to where I pivoted to, okay, I'm actually like a media company that also does real estate. Was that a pivot for you or was that kind of the game plan all along? I think that, and this is something I talk with my wife about a lot, but like titles are, they're helpful when you're getting started, but then they become damaging as you get like bigger. Constraining. Yeah. Constraining. And so instead of calling myself a real estate investor or a content creator, I think you just have to look at what all of us are. And we are all investors, like at a higher level than anything. You're investing. Where's your time going? What are you doing with your time? We're all, in a sense, creators of our own reality. So I look at those two titles as my primary things. Not content creator, not real estate investor, but more so like creator, because I'm creating every single day what's going to happen with my family, what I can create with photos, I can create with videos, I can create businesses, I can create relationships and friendships. Every single one of those things, I have the ability to go create today, tomorrow, and the next, and in the future. Investing same thing. Like You have to invest where your time goes and you have to invest where your money goes and what those investments are. So I look at it through the, like those two lens are probably my two largest identities. And then you go more like from a business standpoint, you go more deeply into each one when you are looking at a real estate asset versus in a stock or an index fund or buying a business or so on. Yeah, that's super interesting how you view it like that because that you're exactly right. You hit the nail on the head. It's what got you is what got you here won't get you there. So while you may be able to ride a label up and ride a niche up, once you get to that certain point, it's gonna be it's gonna handcuff you and it's gonna shackle you. So you need to break free from that. Before I want to talk about like the actual revenue and the back end, because I know you said you're operating at like a 98% profit margin, which is freaking insane. And I know that because I see it over and over again with all these content creators and how they run their businesses. But first, I want to talk about the space a little bit in general for a couple of minutes and what maybe a couple of things going wrong and what people do wrong in this space, because there's a negative stigma and association with content creators and like, oh, okay, bro, cool. LOL. You've got another paid course for me. And I see that percolating through the ecosystem and like on TikTok and Twitter and everything. And you see a bunch of people that are super underqualified, pumping out some dog shit course that is just not worth it. And then that's polluting the ecosystem. So I guess the question is, what do people do wrong and who is wrong for this space before we get into what to do that's right? And then the business part. I would say there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack with what you just broke down. Like, for a lot of people, I would say the number one fear that stops people from getting into online courses and education and masterminds and helping people in this space is the feeling of not being qualified. The feeling of being like, I don't trust myself. I don't feel like I have enough qualifications, awards, certificates, like things that I have done to put me in a place to teach. And I like to tackle that one on the head and say the opposite. 
Like you, Bill Belichick is one of the best coaches in the world. Do I trust him on the football field? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Am I going to let him be a quarterback? Hell no. Bill Belichick probably can't even throw a football. <laughs> throw him in there. Throw him on the O line. <laughs> yeah, but that's there's a difference between a phenom- not necessarily all the time, but in many respects, there are better coaches out there than players. And even if you don't have a tremendous amount of uh, awards or certificates or things like that, if you're if you have more of a, a drive within you to give back to help people to accomplish something that maybe you've accomplished or you have helped someone else accomplish. Okay. I look at both of those as a formula for success, right? Let's say you're a father and you were never, and you never swam before you were not a swimmer, but then your daughter is a swimmer and you teach her and you work with her and you help her become a phenomenal swimmer. Can you take that formula and then teach it to someone else? Absolutely. Right. And it comes down to like, most importantly, the areas of right in online education are the people who care about the people and the thing that they're helping people with. If you are passionate and you have a desire to truly help, you you can do some amazing things in the space. It's the people who look at it as a fast, easy money grab and who don't truly care about the people that they're building their business to serve, which I think, you know, at a root, like that's a bigger problem beyond even online education. Like just in general. Yeah. In general, if you're building a business around a human being that you don't want to spend time with or surround yourself with, get out of it. Like I was listening to a book with Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger the other day where they were deciding whether they were going to buy the company Snuff, which like kills tons of people because it's like a tobacco product. And they decided not to because they knew it wasn't in alignment with who they were and what they wanted. That company went on to make $3 billion in profit and they sleep easy at night knowing that they made the right decision for them, not buying it. And I think that's a really important thing is like, you have to, first off, understand who you're serving, what you're helping them with, and be in alignment with that thing more than anything. If you have that, online education is great for you. If you're just looking at it from a money grab perspective, that is the biggest internal core problem in the industry. So many people think that it is that and try to do that and fail. I love that you say that. And you're completely right. It's the same sentiment would apply in any part of business and real estate and freaking if you're doing door-to-door sales, any job, if you're not in it for the right reasons, you're going to get expelled pretty quickly. You're going to get you're going to get exposed and expelled really quickly. I think that what you said was really cool and really important. For the audience, because for me, I also thought that I was underqualified to do this podcast that I'm doing today, unless I had a hundred units. That was my made up arbitrary number in my mind. Was I was like, until I have a hundred units cash flowing, I'm not qualified to be able to get on a microphone and tell people about goals, success, or achievement because I don't have a hundred units yet. And nobody told me that. I just told me that. So I'm curious, what were the limiting beliefs you had before we get into some uh, some more like marketing work here? What were some limiting beliefs that you had to kill to be able to get off the ground? Because now you've got a multi-million dollar business that you're churning. I think very similar to any anyone. Like similar to you, I had this sense that I wasn't enough, the feeling that I'm not qualified enough. I had a few personal barriers that I had to work through. Growing up, I had a lisp. So the letter CH, you know, I had a speech impediment. I worked with a coach for a very long time to correct and be able to pronounce things properly. And public speaking is always in a sense terrified me to a degree. A lot of those things where you look at that 
individual and say, Hey, if, if you were to look at me as a kid and say, Oh, that person's going to build an online education business and be on a bunch of videos and build a company that way, you'd probably say, Nah, not him. Yeah, probably, not that guy. It's probably the really extroverted kid who's making everybody laugh and having a great time. And I, that wasn't who I was, but I had some good people around me over a long period of time. And I knew that there was something calling me to do those things even though I, I didn't have those skills. Mm. And I think that that's the thing, like any skill can be developed. Public speaking is a skill, right? Running Facebook ads is a certain level of knowledge. And then it is the skill of repetitively doing it, learning and being able to make good decisions as you're in those accounts. Building businesses is a skill at the core of it. Like it's under, it's a certain level of understanding and then it's doing over and over and get, becoming a better executioner on those items of running a business. And so for me, I had the right people around me who just told me, yeah, failing is growth. So enjoy it. And you'll develop the skills sooner or later to be good enough to achieve your dream. I can't remember the quote exactly, but it's like ice melts at, I don't know, 34 degrees, 32 degrees. And when I started, I was freaking negative 10 degrees. <laughs> and some people, they start at a 40 degree Fahrenheit. And so they're already like, when I got in the industry, I watched people skyrocket from where I was starting to skyrocket past me. They go to zero to $100,000 a month in no time. And I was like, holy crap. Seeing it was cool because I was like, it's possible. But I started way behind that and had to build a ton of skills just because of my natural aptitudes weren't quite there to get to the level of success that I have now. And of course, I'm still working towards. And that's that's badass that you say that because Alex Ramosi says the same thing. He said, if he was making $75,000 a year right now, what would he invest in? What's his best advice for investment? He goes, I would take all that money that's extra cash and I would invest it into acquiring skills to buy my time and freedom back. And that's exactly what you just said. And I'm buddies with Brandon Turner, who runs, he was one of the largest podcast hosts in the world with Bigger Pockets Podcast. And he was on this show and he had a speech impediment. He had a lisp. And his thing that he was most self conscious about in life with his, was his freaking voice. Yeah. And so now he becomes synonymous with this real estate podcast that people know him from his voice. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, it's funny how it keeps going and it keeps repeating. Your greatest weaknesses are just your strengths overused. But I think the opposite also applies to where it's whatever we're most self-conscious about is normally our superpower, ironically. Yeah. So like our greatest strengths are our weaknesses underused. Yeah, exactly. So I want to get into the business part here in a second, but there's one more specific problem that I see over and over again. And selfishly, it applies to my business as well. And it's one of the answers, questions that I'm trying to answer as I travel. And it is this niche, however you want to pronounce it. Yep. People have a generality problem. People will go and they'll have all these great ideas, but they can't figure out who specifically they're talking to and what specific problem they're helping that person solve. And people will talk at such a high level that they're not actually speaking to anybody. Because if you make content for everybody, you make content for nobody. What is some advice you have on finding and defining your niche when it comes to building this online education platform or online business and whatever have you? What's your, some of the best advice and tips that you can give people on doing that? Because that applies to business in general as well. Sure. Can I, can I, I enjoy this one because I think it's a very important question, but can I kind of, I want to hear for you, especially since it sounds like this is something you're working on at this moment in time, define, How the, could word, you tell? define the word niche for me. What is a niche? 
So for me, I view a niche as I view it as a person. I view it as literally like a named person. So my whole thing, and I do a lot of like marketing training and stuff as well. That's a skill set that I'm trying to acquire is really hitting on my marketing degree because I've got sales down. Is I'm trying to come up with that avatar, like that person that I'm speaking to in this podcast and what problems that avatar has and what and how I can help that person get from where they are to where they're trying to go. And then be that bridge between the two problems, the problem and the solution. So for me, that's a niche at its core is that speaking to that person. So I, in a way, like if I were to define niche, I would say that you have a, you have the right elements here, but almost the focus is off. And I see this a lot in marketers, especially people who read a lot of marketing books, which I can tell you're doing just by the language that you're using. There is a, when I think of a niche, I don't think people often say the person the avatar. And when we say those things subconsciously, we jump into demographic information. It is a man. He is 20 to 30 years old. He is wearing this type of shirt. He likes to wear khakis and they make $100,000 a year or $20,000 a year and la-di-da-di-da, all this demographic information. Now, a niche is not demographics. A niche is psychographics and it is what people want. So when I describe a niche, the way that I would say it is you want to learn filmmaking in 14 days in the fastest time frame possible for the least amount of money, having fun in the process. It is the desire that is the niche of the people, not the person that itself. And so Bomb. when you think about niches, it's not a 22-year-old girl in her mom's car driving on the highway that is the niche. It is the fact that her she wants her car to be clean and nice when she takes it home to her mom to be like, look, I take care of this vehicle. That is the niche for a car wash. It is the desire to have that car washed that is the niche. And so when you're analyzing a niche, it's analyzing how many people have that desire? How I don't have demographic information on almost any of my customers for the most part, because I don't really care about it. What I care about is understanding the desire enough to where I can communicate it to all the different types of people who share that desire. That's why when we're titling books and when we're coming up with the, like the headlines of our courses or the headlines of our advertisements and marketing, we're not saying, hey, dude, in blue khakis, like we're calling out to the thing the person wants, right? Financial freedom through real estate investing. So that's what the person wants. So exactly. And now if you're listening to this and you run a khakis company, I'm sorry, but this doesn't apply to you because your guy is the person that's 22 years old wearing khakis. <laughs> he might be that he might be that person. But again, the niche is not the niche is the fact that he wants khakis. Yeah. Cause yeah. And then why does he want khakis? He wants khakis because they're comfortable. His he wife wants to work for State look. Farm. Yeah, he wants to be wants Jake to... from State Farm, man. Bingo. So <laughs> you have to understand those whys more than anything else. That is your niche. God, man, that was worth its weight in gold. Thank you for that. That was when I do this podcast, it's very cool because I can take like little bite sized quotes that are very memorable from people and then just stick them in that memory bank. And that was one of them, man. That was a very good quotable. I haven't heard it phrased that way before. So thank you for that. Yeah. So now let's open the hood a bit because I have a rudimentary understanding of how like the different 
mechanisms of an online business and medium business and how you do it. I know it's all about like lead flow coming in and then the infrastructure to support it, either that be with coaching or with masterminds. So for you, let's start with the thing that will be the same for most of it, which is lead generation. Because even if we're talking about coaching or mastermind, we're going to be talking about leads. If you don't have lead flow, you're you're dead in the water. So Let's go ahead and start with that and maybe give best practices that you've seen is let's start with Facebook ads. So a lot of people say this with this new algorithm shift, Facebook ads are dying or they're a fraction of the percent effective that they were before. So how are you generating lead flow? What's your take on Facebook ads right now? You're familiar with Entrepreneur's Operating System EOS, every go row is, I'm assuming? I dabble. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I had him so, on my podcast too. <laughs> oh, nice. There you go. Yeah. So EOS presents this framework. I look at it through the lens of there's only so many different things that happen in a business. Every single business has these same fundamental core systems within it. I look at it as your leadership system is your first system. And that is you as a human being leading this company. At the end of the day, if you don't have the leaders, you don't have the people in the business when you're trying to start it. That thing ain't going anywhere. And if that leader's all confused and he's jumping from thing to thing and trying all these different things, how far do you get? Not very far because you're not focused. You're not giving it the time and depth it needs to succeed. Secondarily, you have value creation. So like, how are you creating value for customers? And that's in the beginning of a business, it's just a concept, right? Like a car wash is a concept before it is agreed upon, built, put together and able to deliver value for people. So the same thing happens in online education. Once you understand that value and the who you're serving and why they want that value, then it comes down to marketing. And that's where lead flow comes in. So like first and foremost, if you don't know the niche, which is the desire for this thing, right? You don't know where you should be marketing. So Facebook isn't the answer. YouTube isn't the answer. Figuring out why people want what you're trying to sell is the answer to the marketing equation. That is the first thing. So first off, know yourself, what you want to do, why you're trying to do it. Secondarily, understand the value you're trying to create. That's going to answer your marketing question. Now, when people say Facebook ads doesn't work, that's like saying t- television ads don't work and radio ads don't work. If they don't work, why the hell are people still paying for them? It's because they do <laughs> point. Work, but they work in skillfully executed scenarios. They don't work in unskillfully poorly executed scenarios, which is what most people do. So I think that's a really important distinction. Pretty much all marketing still works. Like You can do direct mailers for real estate. Those things still are on fire and it's been around for ages, right? Infomercials late at night still work. You still see people selling cooktop silverware stuff on there all the time and they're making a fortune on it. But it's understanding that value creation that you have to offer that answers that marketing question. And then once you understand who that person is, why they want your thing, where does that person hang out? And how can you skillfully execute marketing in that place? So that way you get their attention and convert a percentage of those people into customers at a price. If you were to break down your lead flow, your entire lead flow practice and how you have it allocated throughout different methods and structures, what would you break it down? Is it all Facebook ads or are you running it on different? Are you doing SEO, all the different stuff? I know this is probably like a surface level question, but it's just sure. one that I'm curious about. 
So it depends on the offer that we have. So like the specific product line or offer that we have in our business. So I'll give you an example. We have from a value creation system, we run, our business is called contentcreator.com. We center around helping people who are content creators that want to improve something, right? The first thing content creators want to improve is their actual skill as content creators. So they want to learn how to shoot better, high quality, professional cinematic videos. And most of them, especially these days, content creators want to do that on their smartphone. So think about that desire, right? That desire can be held by an 11-year-old little kid who wants to start a YouTube channel to a 65-year-old man trying to increase sales for his nice speaker company that he built. And so the human being is, in a sense, like, translucent. It can be so many different types of people demographically, but the psychographic is I want to learn this. And specifically, they want to learn it fast. They want to learn it affordably. They want to learn fun. And they want to be able to get their questions answered in a way where it's tailored to them. Like someone has done the work to make it easy for me. That's what people want when they think of that experience. So it's like the value equation, Alex Ramosi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's basically what we put together is an offer that teaches people filmmaking skills in 14 days in the most fun way possible for the most affordable price on the planet. We just built that thing. Now, when you think about that person, where are they trying to find that? Where do they hang out? That person's on YouTube watching videos on how to shoot better videos. That person's hanging out on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and watching all these people create good content and wanting to emulate that, right? That person's going on Google and searching, how do I shoot better videos? That person is watching television in the evenings. They are listening to radio as they drive their car and they're everywhere, right? Now, with all of those channels being possible options for me, the ones I start with are the ones where I have a natural aptitude or a natural skill built in first. For me, that natural skill was in Facebook, video, Facebook, YouTube ads, TikTok, because that's the stuff I know. That's my generation. Like I grew up with the stuff. It's really easy for me to use and Facebook ads and YouTube is really easy. But that being said, I'm sharing that as one example here. I've got a friend who sells a workout program over the radio and makes a fortune. Who's one of our clients in our courses. He's selling it like hotcakes over the radio. Yeah. And it's because he understands how to skillfully execute radio ads for his audience. And his audience is right there because the people who want to get fit, right? What are they doing? Oftentimes they're driving a ton. Their back hurts. They're not feeling great, but they have these long commutes. And he's tailored his marketing to, hey, are you sitting in your car right now on another hour-long drive with your back hurting? That strikes a nerve for people. Do you want to learn how to get fit? Yeah, that's a short period of time. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. And so he understands that medium, that marketing channel enough, and he knows how to skillfully execute it for his program. The reason I'm hitting on all this is because this is something I'm actively working on. So I'm really leaning in on you on all the places that have been the most friction points for me, because from what I've seen, like I could talk to you about, okay, walk me through like the payment processing software, walk me through how you price things, how you structure the content and all of this. And maybe we can do that another day, but I'm asking you the high level stuff that people can really like, this is the stuff like that we're talking about today that if you do this work, if you're listening to this podcast and you do this work, if you're creating something online or if you're creating something in your business at all, 
finding your niche with the psychographics that he just talked about in the question I'm about to ask about the offer. So the offer is something that I am struggling with because there's so many different directions that I want to go and I can't figure out what my grand slam offer is, what Alex Hermosi, obviously I've said him multiple times, I'm digesting $100 million offers over and over again. And what you're talking about is the value equation where it's you want to get people their dream outcome in the shortest amount of time possible with the highest likelihood of achievement in the in the least amount of pain. So mm-hmm. that's what you're trying to do with your offer. I'm curious about the process that you went through in your offer creation because yours is very rock solid. Like I saw your offer in your ad, ironically. And I was like, that's, that is a solid freaking grand slam offer. I don't know how people could say no to that. And it's proving difficult for me. So I'm curious about that. First off, what are the people that you're trying to serve want? That's the question that we're still trying to ask. Why don't you ask? So you have this podcast, which is your natural skill. So you're a skillfully executed podcaster. So in terms of a marketing channel, you've got that as a natural marketing channel. Let's just say you get 5,000, 10,000 downloads a month, maybe 25,000. What do those 5, 10, 25,000 people want to learn? What are they trying? And not just learn, what are they trying to achieve in their life? And there are two categories that you can create a program or an educational product on. One of those categories is skills. What skills can I teach you? What skills can I give to you that are going to create value in your life? Secondarily is goals. What goal can I help you to get and achieve in your life? A great example of this is like, you know, we're looking at a skill of filmmaking skills, right? I will teach you to shoot cinematic videos, right? Now that you know how to do that, you can do it over and over and over and over again, right? Now, a goal is I'm going to help you build your first six-figure filmmaking business, okay? Now, when I get you to $100,000 in your filmmaking business, you've achieved that milestone, that goal, right? So those are the two primary areas I focus on getting creating or centering a product around or packaging a product around is either helping someone develop a skill like learning a new language, becoming a better quarterback. So that way you can throw the ball a certain distance. Then you have the goals that people have in their lives. So it could be, my goal is to be happy after going through a really painful divorce. My goal is to lose 25 pounds and be able to see my abs again. My goal is to quit binge eating. My goal is to do all of these different things. And so first off is if you don't know what skill or goal to focus on and you're agnostic to that, ask. Just poll your community and be like, when you listen and talk to me and are enjoying this podcast, what do you really want me to dedicate a substantial portion of my time to? to create the absolute best path program possible on planet earth to get you to a goal or to teach you a skill that I have. So if you ask that- There you go, people. There (laughs) There you go, people. Get some kind of response. We're officially asking. That's a tandem ask. He threw the alley-oop and I'm going to dunk the basketball. So what do you guys want to see? So that way I can stop staying up at night trying to answer that myself. So- there you go, everybody. Now it's a two-way communication. Let me know. Anyways, man, that's greatly... That's That makes a lot of sense. And that's a problem I see with a lot of people's businesses is they don't have a good offer and they don't know specifically who they're, help, who they're helping or what that problem is and what they're helping them solve because they just don't know. 
And these are successful businesses that could still that they still have success, but they can't get to that next level because they don't have that specific answer. So that's why I was that's why I was curious about that. So I appreciate that. Yeah. No worries. And one thing that's also fun, there's a unique style, of course, probably one of my favorites is watch me achieve this goal. Watch me develop the skill I don't have. Watch me achieve this goal I haven't achieved before. Right. Now that in and of itself can be a course. It can be a program where you work alongside people to achieve that goal or develop that skill that right now you don't have. Those are really fun. So like examples of that are are workout programs where the mentor goes through that program with you and transforms their body as you're transforming yours. It is someone who is sitting down saying, I'm a terrible public speaker, but who wants to join this program and become a phenomenal public speaker with me? Right? Man, this man's spitting. This man's spitting. Dude, I love it. I love it. So the last one of the last questions, I want to be conscious of your time here. So there are two major revenue drivers and your answer may be, it depends, which is a fine answer to give. But there are two major revenue sources and that's coaching. And then there's also mastermind like courses. So you've got coaching and you've got courses. So you have one where you're dedicating time, maybe one-on-one or one-to-many where you're doing group coaching or single coaching one-on-one. Or you just have a static course that sits, like you said, with your websites where people go through the course and then they're able to go through modules and then have help there. From your perspective, which is a better way to start out for people that are starting into this business? Which business model is the best to begin with? Should you do a hybrid of both? What do you think? Great question. I think it's a hard question to answer because it's a little bit... There's a lot of context that needs to be given dependent upon the individual. like. Every human being has different natural aptitudes and different skills. Um, and so they also have different personal biases related to what they're willing to do, what they want to do. And so some people, the idea of doing a DIY course where you're going to sit down and shoot a bunch of videos, put them in a content portal, and then people are going to go through it automatically. And it's the coolest, most fascinating, fun thing in the world to them. And other people are like, wait, so you're telling me you're going to remove my ability to talk to my clients and like work with them in a small capacity, like you just ripped out the whole reason I'm doing this. So I think that distinction right there alludes to my answer, which is it's a personal question you have to answer for yourself. Look at yourself, have self-awareness to know I, I want one versus the other in that sense. Now, can you make a butt ton of money in either of those. Yes. I also argue there's actually a third category. I just really argue. There's no one to argue unless you want to have a fight on this. Let's do I it. argue for yeah. Do you want me to just to play a devil's advocate? Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate the internet. <laughs> there we go. I think all this um, is stupid. TikTok no, is stupid. There's three categories the that, that I visualize. So there's DIY courses which are fully automated people. You can sell a hundred thousand units in a day and it doesn't affect your time. You've got Coaching, which is done on a one-to-one basis or a group basis, where you have a one-to-many relationship. Then you have masterminds. Masterminds are a different animal. Masterminds are GoBundance. Right now, you and I are on this podcast because of GoBundance, but GoBundance isn't. GoBundance is a culture and a community that you buy into, and the community is the value of that educational product. So those three different things, and building each of them is very unique. It requires different skills, different personal biases, different strategies, and so on to achieve success with each one. I do all three. So I have literally a business 
working in every single one of those different categories that has to do with my avatar and my goals and skills that I teach people, which is content creators. So again, yeah, like there's no good or bad in any of them in the sense of it's made up differently. You have different biology than me. So know yourself. The, to clarify, to specify, to even like niche down the question, a problem that I see in business is that people try to be a, instead of being a serial entrepreneur, they try to be a parallel entrepreneur, which is a term that I got from Jeff Hoffman, who's on the show and he's the founder of Priceline.com. He's a billion dollar guy, billionaire. And he said that people try to do too many things at once, which leads to them being terrible at everything or lackluster at best. So when you're doing this, would you recommend doing one at a time? Because oh, I feel yes. like people try to build all these together and that's where they crash and burn. Definitely do one at a time. So choose the one that again, fits with you personally and then go all in on it and give it the time that it needs and the give it your best ability. Because for one, you should be giving everything in your life your best ability because you don't have any more time other than what you are given on this earth. So use it and use it as well as you can. Go all out, go big, fail big. It'll be way more enjoyable if you do. And we definitely do one at a time because my, I would say my superpower has been focus through everything. Like I will fail and be the most focused person at learning and developing new skills, creating new paradigms and strategies for success. And I will just keep going until it is at a point of success to where I can hit it or outsource it to someone on my team or out like somewhere else. And as long as you get to that point where you can get things to a, a level of competency and work, you can create a lot of freedom. Rock and roll. So let's close this out. Let's hit maybe the last little three-minute spurt about the revenue that you're producing from these courses so people can see how important this is. And then let's do a plug for your a course that you're actually running right now that you were just talking about in contentcreators.com. Plug that. So let's talk about the revenue. And then why people should go to you to learn how to make this revenue. Sure. Yeah. We last month we did $344,000 in total revenue and in terms of uh just like the business in general. This is like this are really they have huge waves of ups and then you go back to an average and you go up and then you have an average. What matters is is like in courses what you have a lot is product launches where boom, someone hits for like a month and they stop selling altogether. And then they come back six months later. So you'll see that. I'm a huge fan of product launches. I'm a huge fan of Evergreen where you just sell something all of the time. And so my business is set up to have both of those. I'm doing both of those all of the time, depending on the offer and the strategy and so on. $340,000 was a great month for us. I expect we'll do that again in October and then we'll do it again in December. But normally we're closer to, I would say, a $225 to $250 a month revenue rate. Now, with that being said, that's just the course business kind of purring along as we have it. We take all that profit that we're generating from that business model and just reinvest it right into real estate at this point. So that's the cool thing about it too, is it creates a lot of cash flows you can reinvest. And there the goes course, your taxes. Yeah. There goes all my, my high income taxes, <laughs> as long as you qualify as a real estate professional. Now, as far as the product that we have on contentcreator.com, we had a ton of people asking us because we're probably one of the few people who are just like independent course creators that have cracked a like million dollars a year selling a course not on how to build a course. <laughs> yeah, <Not> it's fair. <laughs> so we we built our business 
teaching people filmmaking skills, teaching people how to build success as a basically a full-time filmmaker, creating monthly recurring revenue for themselves, running YouTube, Facebook ads, and doing recurring subscriptions with video work for businesses. So we had nothing to do with teaching course creators whatsoever. And that's why everyone was reaching out to us like, how can you teach me to create a course? Because like you guys have obviously cracked the code in these other areas now teach me how to create a course. And so this was actually like our fifth course that we built. It's called 30 Day Course Creator. And that's our process from designing the leadership system, the value creation system, the marketing, the sales, running the actual operations behind the scenes of your course, and then doing all the financials, which are all of the systems you need to run any business in the world, but just four courses. It's called 30 Day Course Creator. It takes you from zero to actually pre-launching a idea for a course in less than 30 days. And we've had amazing results with it. It's been great. We've had a lot of people come in and pre-launch courses teaching children different skills. We've had people pre-launch courses on weight loss in different ways, quitting, binge eating, doing some really transformational things, which again, I just like to push back on that whole, everyone teaching courses teaches you how to make a million dollars. Like I would say the number of people teaching business programs is quite low in our community. It's more so people teaching very valuable skills, helping people with very personable, personal problems to overcome them, painful problems in their lives, and achieve new levels of financial success is also one of them, but it would be one of the lower categories in our groups. I love it, man. That's freaking awesome. And people can go to contentcreators.com to find that? Yep. Just contentcreator.com. No S on the end and check it out. Perfect. I love it, man. And uh, for people listening, I have been fighting for my freaking life over here. Like Paul's been looking at me like I've been doing like thumbs up and everything because I've got some Spanish speaking family that's like over here trying to take all the chairs at my table. And they've got like their kid running around and like banging his head on the side of the table while I'm doing this. So I'm locked in, bro. I've been locked in on this. And so I just want to let everyone know on this podcast, like I'm committed. Okay. <laughs> so if Paul's thing is video, mine's this podcast. So this is what we do. But man, I, I appreciate it, brother. This has been nothing short of spectacular. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us advice on branding, niching down, how to find our psychographic buyer, um, course and content creation. It's been fantastic. It's been a masterclass. So excited to have you on. Let's do another one down the road and let's talk about the numbers and let's open up the hood a little bit. But it's been fantastic, man. Thank you for coming on. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. This has been Brian and Paul Xavier with the Action Academy Podcast signing off. <laughs>